Can you guys hear me? Nice to hear back. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you froze for a second there. But uh, welcome was, back to Chicago, I guess. How, how is it? It was... Uh, Any time. It, it was... It was. Well, I've been, I'm going to have a deep dish. I actually just had a deep dish pizza yesterday, which was amazing. What's the best Lumonati's. deep dish? Yeah. Luminati's? Over Gino's? Gino's is like top three, but Luminati's is the best. I think uh, Gino's is great, but in my opinion, they put a little too much tomato on it. But uh, it was it was great. We literally drove in this giant ass U-Haul cross country. My dad drove, and I paid for gas, and that was fucking expensive as fuck. But anyway, we uh, we all oh, we had the smoothest journey in the world, and then right at the end, right before I got, we got to our house. We got a fender bender with like a little with a piece of. Uh, property at a gas station that wrecked like part of the uh, u-haul it's still not a big deal but it just sucks that uh we made it so far and then we just wreck it like not wreck it but we get into a fender bender like in the last 10 minute stretch but whatever oh well that is a bummer <laughs> that is a total yeah. bummer. yeah but we made it we made hmm. it well uh i'm glad that you made it Oren. Uh you're out of peggy country <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, now yeah, now he's in the land of deep beefs and uh, windy, windy lakes and whatever other shit. Goodbye architecture terms. Yeah, goodbye mountains. Hello sausage. Hello Italian sausage. Mm. Does it feel like yeah. home? Uh, I'm uh, I'm actually kind of glad to be out because one thing that I noticed living in Montana is that the way people judge you is on how capable you are as like a blue collar person. Like, can you hunt? Can you fish? Can you repair my car? And I'm just like bad at all mm. of those things. And coming back to Chicago where it's more about a little bit more cosmopolitan, I can get away with not being a super blue collar guy. So it's kind of nice being back. Right, you don't have to have your Ford F one fifty and your gun on your Tinder profile right. anymore. Like, or like a picture of me holding up a giant sea bass. You know, like that's the classic yeah. stereotype. We're like, this I was is thinking the buck I got last season. <laughs> if 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 the world ended and it was the apocalypse, like I would have zero skills that would be applicable to surviving. headshotting zombies. You'd be pretty good at that. <laughs> that would be like it. Like I'd be like, well, I can set up a windows environment for you <laughs> like, yeah not so useful in the apocalypse they might need that though they you know maybe maybe uh huh it is the day after black friday when we're recording this and steam is having its autumn sale steam sales are you know pretty renowned or what do you think the top selling game on the steam sale has been uh grand theft auto 5 no, nope. But that's a good guess. Uh, th I think that's pretty high up there. The top two have been Red Dead Redemption, uh, which was following. Although I think it has actually just switched places with Cyberpunk what? 2077, has been a top seller throughout the autumn sale. Not only that, in the last 30 days, it has had 20,000 reviews something like 86% of which are positive, and it, it now has a positive rating with over 400,000 Steam reviews. That's, again, ridiculous. I remember a month ago, or a month ago, a year ago, when that game had come out, it already had more Steam reviews, like the first week, than all of the Doom games combined. 
but now it has like more Steam reviews than almost like half the Steam catalog combined. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. Now that should be on your Tinder profile. <laughs> is um, did you like Cyberpunk? Like it just says like I like Cyberpunk. I did not like Cyberpunk. I played mm. Cyberpunk. I did not play it. That should be that should be mm-hmm. on your Tinder profile. Yeah, that's 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 how people meet each other these days. <laughs> so at this rate, when will the percept perspective or perception of the game be? This is a good game. When will it become the No Man's Sky? Like I I predict this. I'm sure a lot of people talk about this that it would happen eventually. They're gonna fix it, and then the perspective will change. It was like hard to know though back then because everyone was hating it so hard. But yeah, felt I, like I don't think it will. You think it that. will never? I think it will. It will. It'll. It'll fit into the two camps of people who are like, I played it, uh, and I liked it, and the people who hate it. it, it and I also don't think it's it's as fixable. But how many people actually no hate Sky. it? Like, is there like ten people on Twitter, or is it like? I mean, the Steam reviews seem to say it's got good Steam reviews. I don't know. Like, anytime it gets mentioned anywhere, it gets an incredible amount of hate from certain people. It, but, but it's is kind it of like a, is that like ten people on the internet, bag. or is it like actually? like a hundred thousand people or I, I could never tell you that yeah that information <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it will be good but, eventually but I don't know like Battlefront 2 eventually was good but like it was so tainted by the discourse that like I mean mm-hmm. me personally I've moved on I'm not really super interested but maybe maybe a couple of years from now I'll be like I'll play this old cyberpunk game see what it's all about but at the moment I've kind of not really super interested i just think that it's crazy that it was like the top selling game on steam during this autumn sale and it wasn't even that discounted it was half price it's never been like less than 30 bucks which is the other thing which means that like cd project red has made like you know empire state building size chunks of cash off this game despite i just think to me the way that i my lesson learned from this is that like the social media perspective of something is not reality. Yeah. It's like the social media perspective. Like it doesn't right. necessarily mean it's how people feel. And like I personally, in the past ten years, have not gone on social media and said anything about any video game. You know, I've I have my own we have podcast, but like otherwise, like I've never will go on the internet and post and make videos about stuff. Or like I just don't. I think it's like easy to get into that like kind of perspective of, of like, oh, this is how this is, but it's not necessarily how it is. Uh, I've. At least looking at this, well, it seems it's like, kind of yeah. To be fair, the game did have some problems. Yeah, but it, but I don't know. Yeah. It's something well. to be said though, right? That like, like if you look at Twitter, right? Like the like the 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 word on the street is that cyberpunk is the worst thing ever, right? Like it's like horrible. It's yeah. the worst thing ever. But that's not necessarily like at the end of the day, like we sometimes like look at the game industry and be like, that is what everybody thinks. But most gamers aren't yeah, on Twitter. Exactly. And most of them don't care, and they're probably curious about the cyberpunk game, and they probably don't even think about the discourse, you know. And uh, I don't know. Sometimes mm. Twitter, you got to remind yourself it's a bubble. Sometimes, I mean, just because some influencer with five hundred thousand followers has an opinion on a game doesn't mean it's going to like change the cultural momentum of that game. To me, I, I like I like this idea that that, that that it is a bubble and that it's like separate because it feels like the, the, this bubble is primarily negative. Not always, but like a like a lot of it is negative. And like I just I'm not I'm not into the, like this super negative hype thing. So it's nice to see like even wh- whether the game is good or not is not even like relevant to what I'm saying. I just think it's nice to think that like oh there are people who like this and like it's not just 
everyone hates this. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw this yeah. like uh, Colin Moriarty, who is a person who I don't really agree with, but I, I heard him say something interesting about uh, Twitter discourse one time on his podcast, and he said uh, if uh, Twitter decided the election, uh, Bernie Sanders would have won like thirty fold if it was Twitter, you know. And it's like <laughs> it's like sometimes it just does like right. you just gotta remind yourself it's like we're all on Twitter, we're all in this space, but you know it's not. It's not everyone's on Twitter, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Twitter is definitely full of uh, weird toxic takes. I mean, like, the the toxic takes rise to the top just because they're, like, they're rewarding. They're inflammatory, but, like, also people who can wield them can kind of feel powerful and it kind of feel, you know, like, like emotionally rewarded by, like, dunking on shit. Right, right. They, you know, they get some uh, and it, it kind of seems like it's like contagious. Like it's like, oh, this game sucks, and you'll go talk to someone like, oh yeah, isn't that game suck? You're playing that game? Why are you playing it? I heard it sucks. Like everyone's on the internet said it sucks. All these videos of bugs and stuff. It's like, mm. no, it's actually like that's just the worst stuff Trey picked into like a montage of bad. Like there's actually some fun stuff. Well, yes and no. I mean, like let's not. Cyberpunk had some. <laughs> Cyberpunk of course. was not. No, it did. It was did. not like yeah. But, like, it had a lot. Here's of problems. an example, right? I played the GTA collection, which is considered to be the second oh, worst God. thing yeah. ever, right? So they're not, they're definitely not good, but they're, de- I, if you were to only look at what the internet is talking about them, that you would think that they are like the worst thing in the in existence. And like, I play them like they're moderately functional versions of GTA. Like they're definitely mm-hmm. not perfect and they are not definitive by any means. But I think like, there's a lot more nuance and complexity to like how good or bad something is than like, the takes on the internet that will portray something as the worst thing ever. Cyberpunk is Hitler. Like I think like there's it's yeah. definitely worth challenging that idea and I think it's worth like diving into stuff more in depth than just listening to like the crap. Well, that's what we're doing here. Uh, but I mean speaking of Grand Theft Auto like those I think both the case it is the case with both Cyberpunk and Grand Theft Auto. These are big companies and I I blame Rockstar a hundred times more than than uh CD Project Red even though CD Project Red is hardly you know, to be let off the hook, but like Rockstar is like a company with like billions of dollars. Like, how does that even happen? If, and they're selling a full price game. Like I kind of think some of that hate is warranted. It's not the worst thing ever. Like reductive takes are bad, like for sure. Right. I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't have the story. I don't know who, who, who's responsible. Like was Rockstar giving this developer a, a low budget and a, like a, not enough people to get this job done properly. They could test in QA. Oh, no, Cause no. it looks like it wasn't tested. That's like, that's mm-hmm. when I, like, I plan, like I feel like this wasn't the pot. They just didn't have like time or whatever. Like, was that what happened? Or like, did they just not care? I don't know, but like, I'm no, not gonna Rockstar look, clearly you, didn't care. Like, I mean, and, and we could I, say, I that mean, I feel like you're assuming they, like we, we don't know. No, the no, story. No. We don't, let me, let me say, because the reason I think yeah. that is because Rockstar put their name on it. They put their signature brand, Grand Theft Auto and released it as the definitive edition. They didn't have to release it like that. They could have delayed it for another year or two. They could have not released it. They could have just. But here's out. what I think you're missing. Mm-hmm. So if they delayed it by a year, the negative hype would be huge by then, and the investors okay. would be like, "Hey, take two. What the hell is going on with this product? Why are you develop? Why are you what's taking so long here? It's like when you Rockstar when you advertise something, you have to deliver. The investors are expecting that. So mm. like, I think it's it's silly to assume like, oh, they just didn't give a shit like. I doubt. I'm sure it's more complicated than that. Is what I'm saying. Uh, sure, but they uh, like. It's also kind of ridiculous to take this multi-billion-dollar corporation and not give them responsibility for the products that they're putting out. 
No, I and I agree. I'm saying that criticism is fair for sure. Um, yeah. Just to clarify, uh, I mean, uh, Rockstar Games is under Take Two Interactive Software, which is uh, publicly traded. So just like clarify that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I was saying investors. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But like, like they they have some responsibility to their own product to like do a good job. Absolutely, and, and, and I completely, this, I completely like, agree with you. This is that. that's a botch job. It's not the worst thing ever. It's not unplayable, but it, it it's profoundly disappointing that they did that. It is no, the performance is terrible. It's it's there's definitely like a huge amount of problems. But like, if I'm my my point is is if I had looked at what the internet says about it, I would have thought that it was a completely unplayable, buggy piece of garbage. When mm-hmm. it's not that, it does play. Like I played through the first four hours of GTA three, like relatively unscathed. The performance was bad. Like, and it definitely needs some work. And like there are directions, like there's all sorts of problems, but I'm just saying like, I think what it's portrayed as and what it actually is, is not accurate. And that's what I'm trying to to highlight. Right. The, the Twitter reductive takes that fit into 240 or now, I guess 480 characters are are not helpful usually. And 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 I also don't think it's helpful to assume that like the developer or publisher are lazy. Like we don't know the story. It's it's better to be like, well, what happened? We didn't say that. Nobody said lazy. Well, you, you seem like you were saying like you kind of were implying that like by saying like oh well they this is, they, they should have done better with this and I agree they should have done better with this. No, they like, should have done better. It's not because they were lazy, but it's because they didn't put the like they didn't put the financial efforts in. I, I'm sure people crunched and worked you know sixty hour weeks to get that game out there. Nobody was being lazy in the sense that they weren't trying their best, but it was like they weren't given the the tools to get the job done, and whoever was in charge of the project clearly didn't make sure the job was done right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's more of a responsibility than a laziness thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. The internet loves a punching <laughs> bag. We got one more of those to talk about a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> so here's another Black Friday fact, uh, now that we went on a tangent about. Uh, what do you guys think the best-selling console was uh, over Black for Black Friday? If I had to guess, I would say PS5, but like maybe it was the Xbox. Maybe it was the Switch. Maybe the Switch. I'm gonna say the Switch. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Switch. Switch. No, it was the Xbox Series S. What? Selling. No way. That's awesome. My impressive. uh, Probably just because it was the only selling console. (laughs) But (laughs) the only console you could buy. I don't. I don't know if that's why, but yeah. No, I saw this. uh, I saw this on our favorite place, Twitter, Twitter, earlier earlier this morning. The Series S was doing pretty well for Black Friday. Um, fun, so fun fact. Did you guys get anything fact. for this horrible? Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted to jump in. My brother bought a Series S for Black Friday. I convinced mm. him, and I, I think it's because he was getting FOMO because I was playing both. For, I was going yeah. back and forth between Forza and uh, Halo Infinite, and he was like, <laughs> "I was like, oh shit, I should get one of these." You know what? I bet you it was those two yeah. games. They have a they have killer apps now for the for the console, oh, yeah. so yeah. that may I didn't even think about that. Of course, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm glad to see Xbox being a big competitor now, again, finally. Yeah, I agree. I think after Xbox One, which I want to say is a, was a failure, but it definitely was not their best console. It's cool mm. to see that they're starting off strong with this one. I think it's fair to call Xbox yeah. One a failure. I think it's a failure. I feel like it is was. It? I, I, that's my thought. It, it kind of feels. I like mean, like I don't have the numbers. It's just that hmm. bad launch. They never. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just feels like they ne- they never delivered on a other than maybe Gears Five and I'm trying to think what else first party they had that was awesome. Well, even then, I feel like yeah. uh, Gears was, Five. Gears Five was like. Um, I feel like it didn't totally come alive until um, like the Xbox Series came out or with like PC players, I guess. 
But on the Xbox One console, it ran like crap. It was it was bad. Hmm. It it didn't. I think it didn't get the the praise it deserved either. It was like a great right. game, but just didn't came at the wrong time or I don't know. People seem to hmm. love it now. It's consistently on the uh, most downloaded uh, Game Pass <laughs> list. So yeah, oh, that's cool. Gears, Gears 5. Five. Yeah, because I think it's also like like the best showpiece game before Forza and and Halo came out. Like it came to really showcase what the console could do. Yeah. So uh, speaking of buying consoles, I probably foolishly bought a PlayStation Five. Uh, finally going to play Returnal. I did not get it for Black Friday, but here's what I'm going to say. For those of you in the audience that, that want to know how you can get really any console, I think I found something that might work. It might be a, a little backdoor to get to, to beat the, uh, the scalpers, so to speak. I saw on Twitter Wario64, who is an account that posts when console drops are going to happen and other stuff, said that if you have a Walmart Plus subscription, which is $12 a month, you get stuck in a special queue where you get first access to buy PlayStations and Xboxes. So I, I was like, huh, this seems like very shady and probably not like it's going to work, but I'll try it. So I tried it, signed up, and immediately was able to get this as soon, well, not immediately, as soon as the, uh, the drop happened, I was able to get the PS5 with like no effort. Like it was so, so not challenging compared to everything else, the 30 fucking 80 I tried to buy, the X, you know, the Series X. Like, so I was pretty happy to be able to get it like that. And I think that if you're looking for an Xbox or, or any of these things, you might, this might be a, a success for you because it does seem to allow people to, to skip the queue. But you do have to pay that 12 bucks a month. So I, it's, I just, you know, you just do it for one month and then cancel. Uh, I also... I also bought a year of PlayStation Plus because I figure I'm going to need it now for 40 bucks, uh, which was kind of nice for an entire year. Kevin, you're right there. The I think I think on, Kevin's I just, just mad that you got a PlayStation. He's mad. He feels betrayed. No, <laughs> he's not mad that he didn't get one. He's mad that I got one. You're, you're yeah, he's like me. he's like you. We're Team Xbox. <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> Definitely not. No, I think it's it's really cooler and that you got it. I want to try it. I've been wanting to try the uh, DualSense controller for a long, long time. So, and and I really want to play Demon Souls remake. I'm, I think that's awesome. So, yeah, Eternal I like to try as well. I want to see what the story is. I don't even I haven't even seen gameplay footage of Eternal. I don't know nothing about. Oh it. really? Yeah, it's badass. I just man. seen photos it's, of it. It's, it's it looks it yeah. looks awesome though. Yeah, I mean the, just the art that I've seen looked really cool. So, yeah, I I tried. The day before I purchased it, I was over at someone's house playing PS5, so I played a little bit of uh, Ratchet and Clank and Astro's Playroom, and I thought the controller was cool, but like, at the same time, I'm not somebody who cares that much about rumble and rumble functions and haptics and stuff. Like, sometimes it feels a little disconnected from the experience for me. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't immerse me so much as it distracts me. And like, my favorite controller is still a mouse and keyboard, which is never gonna have. <laughs> any kind of rumble on it so i don't know but it it, it seems cool like it, it definitely seems like the most advanced uh feedback you've I, i've felt in a controller you could feel all the balls right yeah, so the, the way that it's pitched and that i've read about it is that it's mo it's like different it's not just rumble it's like ooh, it's it's it changes how you interact with the game and the controller was that your experience 
so far, no. I mean, I, I can see why they say that, and I can see why that's true. Uh, Oren, what do you think? Yeah, what do you think, Oren? Uh, I, I think my, the best implementation for it was um, Returnal, in my opinion, because they didn't do it so much for immersion as much as uh, adding like additional uh, user feedback. Like you could, uh, if you um, press in your controller halfway, you do primary fire, and when you press it in full way, and it clicks in, that's secondary fire. So I like it for that, like where it actually adds functionality to the game. But in Deathloop, I had a huge problem with it because, like, again, like when you fire a machine gun, you feel every bullet and it was going to, for the immersion thing. And uh, that didn't work for me. I prefer it more like if it's enhancing mm. functionality as opposed to trying to be immersive. Um yeah, that's what that's my take. Though it is pretty neat, neat in Astro's Playroom. That's probably the best, like, immersive take on it that exists. Yeah, I really want to try. I'd love to try it in a game, just like a traditional FPS game. I mean, I guess Returnal would be a shooter. So, yeah, Returnal will be the place. Does Demon Souls I, I, have some sort of clang feedback or fleshy feedback when you hit flesh first, like a shield? Is there anything on that? I didn't feel anything. No idea. I, I, I played Demon Souls briefly. I never finished it because um, I just got distracted with other games. But uh, no, I, I don't think Demon Souls really uses it. But um, I do know that mm. I, I know people anecdotally that have played Call of Duty um, and, and they do haptic feedback for the multiplayer. And they said that it actually makes it harder to kill your enemies. And like your finger starts to hurt after a while, so like you actually, so it's actually better to turn off the haptic feedback because it's, because because like think about it, like when you're trying to shoot a guy, you just want to press a button. You don't want to have to like pull it in like it's an actual like machine gun. So that's what I've heard. So does the trigger move back and forth based on like like does it have like kick and stuff like do you feel or or is there like a lock or? Oh, it's pretty neat. I mean, the most obs- the most immersive version of that is Deathloop, but uh, also in Deathloop, sometimes it can be a little straining, especially when you're firing firing the hmm. Gatling gun. It feels like your like right f- trigger finger is like rumbling to death or something. I don't know, <laughs> but it's pretty uh, cool. It's it's cool. Oh, it's like too much. It, it's cool. It's not. I don't think it works in every game, but it works in many games. It's. Uh, I, I'm kind of of two minds. Maybe they're. Maybe the developers have to like figure out the tuning of it and like how to make it feel like it's still in that early infancy stage. Maybe the technology hasn't they haven't quite figured it out. I'm sure Naughty Dog is yeah. gonna do something cool with it. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm excited for that. I'm excited to try uh, that that sixty FPS uh Last of Us Part Two. That'll be yeah, that'll be, that'll be really cool. Uh, I would love to see that too, man. Maybe maybe get some ghosts of Tsushima. I don't know. A few things would be cool in there. Then who knows? Maybe I'll sell it, but <laughs> or maybe it's, I'll it, love it. It seems like uh, for me, outside of Eternal and Demon Souls, the, the PS4 games would be more exciting so far. Yeah, I yeah. heard Ghost of Tsushima uh, wasn't there spectacular a... on it. So I'm sure Ghost. Yeah, yeah, that's like 4K and 60 and just beautiful. Uh, I don't know. That'd be cool stuff. Uh, it's it's exciting. The one annoying thing about this is that I ordered it, um, I don't know, like a week ago now, and it's not it's still telling me that it's not going to arrive till the 11th of December, which will put it roughly three weeks away from the order date, which is kind of a long wait for that kind of thing. Not that I don't have a million fucking games to play and things to play them on, but you know, 
people, you, you want your tech, right? You don't want to sit there and wait three weeks. Like that's, that's, it's painful. It is a long time for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Xbox, the day after we recorded, the day we released our last podcast, had a turning 20 event, the Xbox 20 event. They released Halo Infinite multiplayer early. We were actually going to talk about that in the podcast and totally forgot about it, but it was heavily rumored and it was released. They also gave a bunch of 360 games FPS boost and they added, I think it was like 90 new games to back compat. But they, the thing is, the bittersweet part of this is they said that for now, at least, all of their back compatibility efforts are are over for the time being. They are not adding any more games to FPS boost. Uh, as far as we know, they're not boosting the resolution of any new games, and they're not adding any more games to backwards compatibility, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, it makes me would, sad. I was really hoping they'd continue to invest in that. I don't know why they would announce that. I feel like it's better to just not announce it and just like kind of like let it simmer, I guess, simmer away. I think it's weird that they announced it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess they wanted to talk about the FPS boost thing. They said that like there's a lot of games that they had tried to implement FPS boost, but in their testing, they realized that it introduced uh, game-breaking bugs at some point. Uh, there's like they said, there's one game that they were thinking of where at the very end of the game, the last thing that needs to happen won't happen when you have FPS boost on. So just like we'll, we'll never get that game. He's probably talking about Red Dead Redemption Two. Who knows? Uh, but like, <laughs> it's like or not two, one. But um, like it's it's a bummer. But like they did a pretty damn good effort with that, and like they've Microsoft has been really strong in terms of supporting legacy games on modern hardware. So I'm sure that will continue to go through. But in terms of putting stuff to the to the series s and x i guess we're, they're not going to do anything for a while it's a bummer i i have to say like just have to give them props on just for doing that it's so awesome they did that and i can only imagine the work involved doing that especially the thing that like if you had to play through the entire game and it's like the you don't know it's a problem until the very end if i had to play through every single game that they were yeah it's a, i'm sad but i get it i get mm-hmm. it too I, but uh yeah Yeah, so I don't know. Pretty cool that Halo Infinite multiplayer was uh, launched. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That was uh, a surprise and a, and a welcome one. It's pretty rare these days that you get like, you know, an either an entire game released early or even just a part of the game. But you know, in this particular case, a, an important part of that game released early and complete and in, and in really good shape. So, well, yeah. Uh, you guys want to talk about the game awards? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the game awards. What do you guys think? Can we can we talk about how uh, bad the nominees are and how Twelve Minutes was nominated? Yeah. And how that's just like the worst fucking thing <laughs> in the fucking world. Uh oh. <laughs> Enough of these Twitter takes. Uh. <laughs> I I I uh, I think all of us have been watching the game awards since at least 2014, and uh, it does feel like this year is the first year that I was kind of like, huh? I'm not sure if I'm. I mean, not that the nominees are necessarily bad I'm, I'm looking specifically at game of the year right right now but uh hmm. you guys want to kind of go through them and we can yeah let's yeah go. let's t- take us through the list from right, bottom so, to top uh, number bottom to top yeah bottom to top okay well the bottom okay would be resident evil village which no no no, no. Uh, not not of the game of the year awards go through the whole list of uh, let's 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 go through some of these uh we're gonna go through every single nominee 
to every yeah. single section? Uh, there there, right. there, so, there are, are 40 <laughs> sections, and like half of them are Not East every board. section. Why don't we go over Game of the Year? Let, let's just do uh, Game of the Year. All right, let's do Game of the Year. Okay, so Resident Evil Village. <laughs> yeah. As was mentioned, we all played that. We all talked yep. about that. Mm-hmm. I that that Pretty is my cool favorite game. game of the six. I just want to put that out there. I mean, like I know we've talked about we have problems with it. Um, you know, a lot of people didn't like it uh, for, in terms of the tone, the story, the mixture of elements. But overall, I still played that through that game like four or five times. Enjoyed the hell out of it, despite some of my problems. So, like of all the games on that six uh, i enjoyed it that, that's my favorite one yeah yeah i enjoyed it i liked how i actually liked the story and how it all kind of went i felt like it was what i expected yeah it was like a really um, great balance of being super silly and dumb but also terrifying and i feel like it's hard to pull yeah. that off you know and that's that that's what resident evil should be is those two right. things so um, Wait, which two things should resident evil be scary and also a bit silly and stupid yeah at least in terms of the story that's that's kind of what i think story is always kind of like the the story presentation is always kind of should be a bit over the top or yeah that's kind of how they all are bad acting or writing that's a bit silly but like it works like it's it's, movie it takes itself seriously but it's kind of yeah it's like a little b um Mm -hmm. so after that we got ratchet and clank rift apart boo Um, I haven't sucks. played that. I played that game last weekend, and I was like, "This game is just is just like a fucking bimbo." There's there's like not is is that really a good game? Do people really like this game? Like it's very good looking, but I can't figure out what else about it is is outstanding. So, uh, not that it's bad. It's not a bad game, but it's just like ugh, uh, before uh, saying my take on Ratchet and Clank, uh, we have a, a guest star. And that's my uh, two dogs barking next door. So if you if the listeners can hear oh, the nice. barking dogs, they're barking. But anyway, what are their I names? I don't know, but they love to bark. I think you know what happened. <laughs> we started talking about Ratchet and Clank, and they're like, "Ratchet, that's mm. like a furry animal." <laughs> and they start barking in affirmation. But anyway, uh, Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I played like an hour of it just to try it out, and then I watched a friend of mine play through like a significant chunk of it, like three hours. And I was I was pretty unimpressed. Like it was, um, I think like uh, I think the game a lot of the gameplay was like we were trying to unlock a weapon, and to unlock the weapon you had to collect like a hundred like plants for this guy to get the weapon. And I feel like that shouldn't be a mission design thing in any game of the year nominee, where you're just collecting shit and. Um, it's like straight out of rareware nineties. Yeah. It's like Bandwidth is doing <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. And um uh I, I was looking online at a lot of like the takes or like, you know, like a lot of the crit like a lot of the reviews, and I kept seeing the phrase it looks like a Pixar movie. And I feel like right. that shouldn't be yeah. the standard. That just shouldn't be the standard for a game, like that it looks amazing. Like I mean, a game can look amazing and be a totally okay video game, you know? Yeah. yeah, which is what this game is, I think. It's a totally okay video game. Like, it, it's very competent in its design, but it, it's just... I just feel like Game of the Year, it's 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 only the graphics are the real consideration yeah. there. and presentation. To me, uh, a Game of the Year game, at least in my book, for, for personal, should have 
in some way I challenge me, whether it's gameplay, an idea, concept, level, something, it has to challenge an idea or thought that I have or, or challenge me mechanically. And I don't know if this game has any of that. I'm not sure. It just seems like it is very good looking and it's very high fidelity, but that seems to be, I just don't know if fidelity should be the sole benchmark for a game of the year game. That's kind of, I guess I haven't played it, so I don't want to say anything about it because I haven't played. I've just seen the, I've seen the graphics. They look very nice. Yeah, I only but, played 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I like a little bit of something. Challenge me in some way. Something. Yeah. It's, if you like yeah. a gameplay that feels good and it's looks pretty and it has an endearing story, I guess, but it's not what I'm looking for. Donkey called it Baby Doom Eternal. That's pretty fair. I actually called it uh, Control <laughs> for Furries. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, Josh, Josh would love this game. Then. Uh,. Psychonauts so, two, yeah. Psychonauts two. I uh, I tr- I, I tried played playing it, it and cool. I just couldn't get into it. But I also don't really like platformers. Yeah. So I don't like platformers or Tim Schafer, but I do appreciate this game. I think that it, what it's doing, it's doing very well. I just don't. It's it's not for me. Same. I just haven't played it. It looked cool to me. I probably would like it. I think this actually would be a game I'd like. I just haven't played it. So. Oh well, you should try. Could it. be. I mean, Could be game of the year. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I gave it three hours of my time. I was like, I'm going to try this for three hours, and it just never clicked. So I just I bounced off it. Yeah. I was going to say, like, in games that I haven't played on this list, that probably would be the one that I probably would like the most. But mm. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Because I haven't played it. <laughs> After that, we got Metroid Dread, which I have played. And I like that game. That game is, I talked about it already in the podcast. It's a return to form for uh, 2D Metroid. Seems very good. It has all of the 90s era Metroid challenge, like invisible walls that you shoot with rockets to find the secret. Like there's all sorts of that stuff. You can get kind of stuck in this game a lot. So I would say in terms of the my prior uh, thing of being a challenge being in some way that this game definitely has some of that. So. I watched uh, I watched cool. uh, that same friend of mine who was playing Ratchet. I watched him play like about four hours of this game. We literally did a day where I was just kind of hanging out with him and he was just playing through all of these games. And uh, uh, it looks pretty neat. It it looks like a Metroid game. So if you like Metroid, that's kind of what you're getting, right? Yeah, I like Metroid. I'm a Metroidvania guy. Right. And after that, we got uh, It Takes Two, which I have not played yet either. But it also mm. looks cool. It's From good. our lovely Yosef Faraz, of course. Yeah, fuck the Oscars. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be at uh, the Game Awards. Speaking of, of course. So he's an institution. <laughs> he's an institution. Uh, he has to be point. there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> That's probably the best moment of the Game Awards, still, right? No, Mick Gordon. Okay. The Mick Those Gordon medley was by far my favorite moment of the yeah. Game Awards. But, but this, that, that was that was you know memorable for for being absurd but uh it takes two is good i haven't played enough of it to really like speak to its game of the yearness but uh i liked what i played it's also a little bit like baby doom eternal uh, honestly it plays a little bit like co-op doom doom eternal but in a good way like i I know i say that and you guys are like but i had a lot of problems with doom eternal (laughs) imagine imagine if if like some of that friction was was less i uh i actually played through about half of it takes two um and it was it was a blast it's just uh, it's a re- it's a really creative game that is constantly throwing new ideas at you. Um, 
So if that game, I never, I never finished it, so I can't truly speak to its game of the yearness. But like, if that one game of the year, I think that'd be pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I can see it. Um, and then after that, we have Deathloop, mm-hmm. which we talked about. I haven't played much of it, but from what I have played, I'll be honest, it didn't feel like a game of the year game, but it seemed like it was cool, like I could like it. But I'm not sure about game of the year. But again, I haven't played it enough, so let you guys. Well, well, on our podcast, as a recap, uh, we had Zach Frazier on. Um, Aaron really liked it. I kind of liked it. Zach didn't really like it. So it was very scattershot. But we all kind of agreed that it was probably Arcane's weakest game. So, um, Would you guys say it's potentially overrated? Yeah. By IGN and GameSpot, yes, but not by the not by anyone else because it's because okay. people are kind of hating on it after those ten out of ten reviews. Right. Um, I think it's a solid nine nine and a half, not nine and a half, but I'd say it's at least a solid nine out of ten. I thought it was a really, I liked it a lot. I can see why it's on this list. It's no prey. Uh, no, 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 no. Do you think but that like, they're right on here as like a correcting past mistakes for prey? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Honored, maybe. I mean, that's that's what I mentioned might be partly the case with the some of those review scores uh in our podcast but like i don't know it's hard it's really hard to say i game critics really seem to respond to this game like when i've heard them talk about it like on like podcasts and stuff they seem to really like it didn't seem like they were just doing it because they wanted the street cred so i don't know i I thought it was a good game i think it's it's i like it better than resident evil actually i probably like it better than every game on that list but let's talk about what's missing from this list hitman 3 which th- there's been a lot of talk about hitman 3 hitman 3 that's the biggest one it w- is a game that i think should be on um there. and i and is it the biggest one i think so i mean returnal and hitman 3 forza are horizon the two biggest 5. ones for me and forza forza horizon, forza horizon 5 yeah those are yeah those are the big three also just like a, the, i don't know why like indie games have to be considered this weird thing outside of the game of the year like i i think death's door and the forgotten city should be considered you know yeah it's very strange that that's a separate category honestly it's kind of like um yeah it has to be triple a that is weird bizarrely condescending yeah uh, best best indie game i also think i mean technically indie game is sort of say second second in between indie and triple a would be the ascent i love that game i know it has bugs that's an indie game that's made by 12 people no i say yeah it's indie but yeah i mean that game i love that game yeah, it's not on here at all. It's not on anything. Not even on best art direction. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would see that as being a like. It might be my game of the year, but I don't know if it'll be. I, I could see why it wouldn't be on their game of the year list, but I think it should have got yeah direction something. something. Yeah, yeah. I, it was a pretty pretty awesome game. Uh, but I also yeah, like Back it, for Blood. Back for Blood. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, for me, it's just like. Um, Hitman 3 is just that's that's probably going to be my game of the year so I'd love to see that I that's not even three. nominated for anything right oh I guess best all, VR right? AR game I don't know, know in what sense I think they had an ARG thing before the game came out mm. uh, hmm I don't know kind of underwhelming I'm actually going to be on a plane when this uh, award show happens flying to Chicago so <laughs> I won't. I won't even be able to watch it live for the first time. I've watched every one of these live for like, you know, since like 2014. So, that's a bummer. But, eh, 
what you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we haven't. Uh, have we All talked right. about uh, how twelve minutes is just like? I mean, I don't want to be totally a hater. Like, I know that game is. What was it nominated it for? Nominated for best indie game. Oh, and best indie game. I don't want to be a total hmm. hater with with that game, but um, like sometimes games try things that I think are interesting, but I ultimately have a really negative experience playing the game. And uh, mm-hmm. Twelve Minutes was one of those games. I know not everyone had that experience. I don't think Kevin, you had that experience. Hideo Kojima was obviously a huge uh, cheerleader for Twelve Minutes, but. <laughs> I hated it. Um, the giant bomb mm. people hated it. Like, it's it, uh, a lot of the kind of funny folks hated it. It seems like the consensus is is that that game is too divisive or like just like too stupid to to, to be on that mm. list. But and there's like so many indie games like that came out this year. Yeah. Why twelve minutes? It just doesn't seem like a game I would ever pick. It's weird that the Forgotten City didn't get its place because. I think in people seem to have responded more strongly to that game and it's doing a similar thing, right? Right. Yeah. It's like a time loop game and I thought it was way more successful at it. Um, hmm. yeah. Well, uh, if death store doesn't win, let fuck the Oscars, right? Fuck the game awards. If, if death store really should have been in the game of the year category. I agree. A death store is incredible. That should have been in the game of the year category. Um, way better design. Also, I'm noticing that I'm turning more and more of a ghoul on my Zoom, so I'm just going to turn my light on super fast. Yeah, you do look like a total ghoul. Uh, <laughs> I noticed you've been sinking into darkness slowly over the course of the yeah, past uh, hour. Here comes the lights. Yeah, there you Horns, go. This, uh, uh, to our listeners, uh, we were, uh, we're doing this over Zoom, and uh, I was literally talking in pitch black and looked like Dracula. So... What happened? How did how did your room get so dark? You went from this kind of very the sunset. sunset. It's the it's Chicago winter. I'm wow. two I'm two hours behind you guys. Yeah, sure. or ahead, or two hours ahead. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the sun's still up here. But uh, all right. Well, that's the game awards. Let's talk about the games we've been playing. Starting with the game that was dropped two weeks ago by surprise: uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer. What do you guys think? I love it. I love it. You can play I put 45 hours into it in one week. It was my full-time job. <laughs> Aside from my full-time job. So I just had no life. So, And your part-time job. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, it was just very um, unfortunate. Like, I, I feel like I should say this game sucks because it, robbed me of a lot of time I could have spent with people Mm. but instead I chose to play Halo Infinite Um, no yeah I think Halo Infinite rules I I think my biggest thing about it is that the gameplay loop is virtually perfect but there's a lot of stuff with the battle pass and the customization and the interface that I think they need to change Um, but um, yeah, yeah that's kind of where I'm at the, the battle pass progression is actually kind of uh, garbage kind of painful and I'm somebody who wishes that shit wouldn't even show up in games but like if it's going to be in games don't give me meters that don't fill when I play the game right don't give me meters that just stay static after 10 rounds in a row it's like uh. I, but um, let's talk about the gameplay because I think I think it's 
possibly the best Halo multiplayer. It feels just like old Halo, but like the rebalancing and the, the new weapons give it a little bit of a different uh, dynamic in the way it plays. Give it a big like, boost. A big boost? Yeah. That's a joke. Uh, yeah. Psycho. <laughs> give it a big boost. A big boost. But uh, no, like, so like old Halo was all about like getting like power weapons, right? You want to get that sniper rifle or that rocket launcher or that shotgun. Yeah. And it's kind of like the quick scramble. But now all of the guns are viable. If somebody has a rocket launcher and you have the assault rifle, you can still kill them. It's it's much Maybe. more like what? Maybe. No, I mean, if they don't if they don't immediately one shot you, but like it's it's much more balanced in terms of of like now you have to get in these sort of like chess match fights because of how long the time to kill is. Mm. Sure, but um, it does feel like. Oh yeah, go ahead. I felt like they took the best of Halo Three and then just kind of mo- quote modernized it, made it feel a little more. It's like a little bit faster. And there's like a very slight COD element of like you can iron quote iron sight. You can zoom all the guns a little bit. You can kind of zoom. But you don't have to, which I which is has been to me like a really refreshing thing after 20 years of iron sighting. Right. Yeah. Uh, And and you don't spawn with as many grenades as you used to in the older games. You only get two on spawn. Oh, used to spawn with four. Yeah. That that brings okay. Now, no, you spawn with two. Halo one, but, you spawn with four. Oh my god! So you, that's, you get four more plasma grenades. So you could have eight grenades. In uh, holy shit! That's one thing I don't love about the game, and it's it's a small nitpick is that like if you run into a squad that each has four grenades, you know, all of a sudden there's just like fucking thirty or six grenades or more just flying <laughs> right. at you at once. Um, and they're a little hard to predict gotta, how they're gonna. You gotta love the grenades of Halo. It's just they, they said that the trifecta. Bungie said the trifecta of Halo is shooting, grenade, melee. That's the like. Mm. That's the that's the three. Yeah. Pinnacle of design of the Halo gameplay. One thing that I really love about this new one is that I feel like this is the first Halo where the weapon feedback feels good, because like Halo famously has mm. like shitty sounding guns. Like, you can't deny that. Halo 3, they're all, like, pea shooters. I hate it. But, like, this one, like, the pistol has a nice, like, uh, nice feedback that feels really, like, impactful when you fire that thing. Like, a nice, it has, has, like, a nice crack. And even the assault rifle, for the first time in the history of Halo, actually sounds like an assault rifle. (laughs) Like, it's, uh, it feels Mm. good. And I also love um, some of the changes they made to some of the power weapons. Like, instead of the Spartan laser. It's a skewer that is super accurate that shoots a giant stake and it kills like uh, infantry in one hit and uh, like vehicles in two hits. And it's the challenge with it is that it's highly accurate. So there's no room for error. Like you have to hit your mark, but it's very satisfying doing that. Um, The only uh, weapon that I'm still getting used to is I kind of miss the halo shotgun where it's like a one shot melee up close. Um, but uh, not melee, but one shot up close. Now it's has more range, mm-hmm. which is cool. But I I miss the one shot um, up close uh, shotgun. But um, overall, I'm very pleased with the how the weapons feel, and just the general core gameplay. Yeah, shotgun is a weird one. Why did they change from the pump? I don't understand that. I was confused. I was like, why so did they like get the it's BC2 like the BC two shotgun now? Like with yeah, slugs, the, the almost. Like almost, it's. it's, it's I don't get it because it's like it's quote semi-auto now, but it shoots like the same. The cycle, the shoot cycle is about the same as the 
pump shotgun. It just looks. I don't know. It's just though. It was. A, it's just an odd choice. I'm not sure why like they changed that. Like so. Uh, yeah, I think I think, and I could be totally wrong about this. It feels to me like they tried to balance it so that no weapons were super ultra overpowered relative to other ones, because that yeah, shotgun's still very strong. Uh, and if if you have good tracking, you're you're gonna rock somebody up close with that shotgun. But yeah, like now, it's not just like a free kill, right? Yeah. So like they really kind of toned down a lot of the free kill weapons. I think the only thing that's like a guaranteed free kill is if if rocket. you're if you're a rocket launcher up with high ground, then you could just destroy people. But like. The thing that I'm loving about this game is that it really rewards uh, flick shots. Like this is the first Halo game I've played on PC multiplayer. I played I played Halo Three on on a computer, you know, on a 360, and I played Halo One with you a million hours on a yeah. you know on a controller on the old Xbox. But this game I think really comes to life with the mouse and keyboard because it really rewards good crosshair placement and flick shots, and not doesn't do a lot of the downsiding. Like like what does like you think of like downsiding? changes the way gameplay is in like it encourages people to take cover so it becomes much more about like popping in and out of cover but if you don't have that and you have this more like like you've described it as slow quake like mm -hmm. good crosshair placement because you can just shoot without having to go down sights and good tracking and good flick shots just makes this game feel really really rewarding and the way that they've balanced all the weapons means that you're just you're not going to get rocked by one person who just runs from power weapon to power weapon yeah it it is nice that the I, I don't enjoy low time to kill games for pvp shooters in general i find them to be personally frustrating um and i, I it's nice that despite the fact that it has taken a, a mild cod influence it's funny because cod and halo have kind of always had this like intertwining relation um it's nice that they've they kept that minimal like at that time to kill is still high and that you can iron sight a little bit but you can, it's not really iron sight it's like you just zoom in a little bit mm -hmm. but it doesn't have that like like both COD and Counter Strike have this like stop and you shoot people thing where you like stop and you shoot, like stop and pop. Whereas like Halo is like move and shoot, right? Mm -hmm. and this game still keeps that going, the move and shoot, which is what I like the most. Move and shoot with high time to kill is like a lot of, like it's a lot of tracking, which kind of says, you know, goes to what you're saying. I also mm -hmm. wanted just to mention that I remember making a prediction that this game when it came out free to play would be huge. And it is, it is huge. I knew it was going to be a big deal. In fact, it's on PC on, for free. It's a lot of PC gamers who play only free games, and I knew that was going to be like, oh, Halo, like a huge AAA game that everyone has played at least one point in their life, or a lot of people have who are a certain age group. So yeah, I think it's it's cool that it's done well. It's good to see it's doing well, and I think the campaign will be awesome too. Yeah, as I predicted. Before. Yeah, I, I'm very pleased with it. I think um, uh, for the, this is. Uh, I've just been having so much fun with it. I love. Um, I love uh, one thing that I really didn't like about the early Halos is that the power weapons and just like the vehicles sometimes would be hard to obtain because they were so coveted. So the way that they solve that problem with this game is that the Pelican would just randomly drop power weapons in the map or like uh, vehicles in the map. And that solves a lot of that like exclusivity of like, uh, oh, I got this sniper rifle. It's the first time I got this in like seven games. Like now you can consistently get power weapons and power vehicles. And uh, it just feels really good and intuitive. And all of the vehicle placement feels great. Like people who are randos can just like jump into a warthog, jump on the gunner, and then they're off to the objective. It just all feels so natural in a way that in the earlier halos it felt like you needed to coordinate it more 
Um, like you don't have to really coordinate it. It's very yeah. natural jumping into vehicles and getting those power weapons. It's, it's, it's very, it's a very evolving sandbox. Yeah. I wanted to mention to the maps, um, especially the Slayer standard maps seem very high quality. They seem that they mm-hmm. were very well thought out and the, they planned how the encounters tend to happen very well. They seem to be really well. I like that one map a lot. I think it's called static. It looks like Aaron and I were talking about how it looks like a doom 2016 sure. map. Like it totally does. That's mm-hmm. probably my favorite map so far. I did want to mention though, I felt like the uh, big team battle maps were very oddly designed and small. They mm. didn't feel as sandboxy as they used to. The old, like if you think of like sand traps, like Halo Three or Guardian, you kind of have these big maps, kind of these smaller skirmishes around. And it seems like the one, the big team battle maps in this game are specifically designed around choke points, which I find to be annoying personally because you get these kind of meat grinder fights that can happen repetitively. You get kind of like you walk around a corner, you get like sniped by like like ten guys who are all camping there. So like I'm hoping that there's more variation of maps when they release the full game for Big Team Battle. There's sure. a couple of maps that are that are better than the ones that you and I kept getting. Um, okay, but uh, I've you, only you played two touched, of them. Yeah, there, there's like one night one that's I think actually is really good and is much more open. That one, and spacious. That one, night one is good. better. I like that one. Yeah, um, it's that map that looks like Halo Two like sucks. Yeah, yeah, that map does called. suck. It looks like, like Halo One, excuse me. Okay. Yes. Yes. That I think there's two maps like that, and I think they both suck. There. So that's like one nit, another nitpick I have with this game is it seems a little scared to waste people's time to the extent that it can kind of waste people's time. Like it, the, the, some of these matches are so short because I think they don't want you to get locked into like a battlefield, you know, like hour and a half long tug of war where nobody's winning and people feel trapped. But then you have these matches that like last five minutes. And then you have like a two or three minute queue time. <laughs> so it's like, uh, what? <laughs> like I want some of the matches to last a little longer. It's not true across the case, uh, across the board, but but I think that's part of what's happening in big team battle is they're like afraid to design these more big ambitious maps that have sort of peaks and valleys of excitement. And they just want it to be like fast, fast, fast. So they're just all meat grinder. Yeah, I'm not as big on that personally. The meat grinder stuff makes me feel tired when I'm playing. It kind of like wears me down. And I kind of like when you have these big sandbox, like, oh, look, those guys, there's like three guys on Warhog over there. Like, we're on our, you know, elephant. We're going to shoot them down. Or, like, let's have some ghosts out. Sure. Like, it's some, like, like, those large-scale fights. I haven't seen any of them, those really big-scale vehicle fights. I haven't seen one in this game. Mm. Uh, I do kind of like... Th- but I haven't even seen that for the tank in it. For sure. I, I, I know what you're saying. I do personally like that, those skirmishes where there's choke points, because I just like going in and out. But there are times where it does kind of feel meat grindery. And I do miss like uh, some of the Halo 3 maps, how massive they would be. And uh, like, so we'll see. Like, I, I'm sure they're going to add more. So uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I do like the Slayer yeah. maps a yeah. lot, though. The Slayer maps, like, the Slayer maps They're are so incredible. much fun. They're really yeah, good. Like, I love the Mombasa Streets level in particular. That one's really neat. Yeah. I think yeah, they did a really good job on those. They feel like perfect. I feel like the test of a good multiplayer map is that if you've, you've seen it maybe you know one to five times, you already kind of have a pretty good idea of how the map is laid out. Like It's almost immediately memorable. And I think all of these maps have that aspect because they're very non-symmetrical with a few exceptions which are my least favorite maps but they're they're asymmetric uh they're memorable they have good use of landmarks and sight lines and like as soon as you see them you kind of understand the layout of it like intuitively like really quickly so that's 
they've, they've done a good job. One thing, though, that yeah. they really have to change, and this is one of my biggest criticisms of the game, I don't know if they've changed it yet because I, I haven't played it over the past few days, but um, <clears throat> they need to allow you to do custom playlists. I think it's bullshit that you go into yeah. quick play and, like, you're forced to play a game mode you don't want to play. Like, they, they, should, al- they mm-hmm. should let you have the option to play Slayer and just Slayer, you know, because that's what, like... 80% of gamers want to just play Slayer. They don't want to play Oddball. They don't want to play Capture the Flag. Nothing against those game modes, but like they, they should give you that option. Mm. I have a feeling <laughs> that they did it on purpose for that reason, because I remember playing COD4, and you'd like go to queue for any mode that wasn't Team Deathmatch, and no one right. played. Like, yeah. You could only get games on TDM. And this was like the peak of COD4 Xbox 360 era. Like, you know, tons of people playing, and it was like I want to play something else but TDM. I mean, I love TDM, but it's like, give me something. Give me an objective. Yeah. it's a, <laughs> Yeah. There's just, like, some, like, menu shit in that game. Like, I understand, like, them trying to, like, not, like, you know, get people to play these modes. But um, I don't think – this is my personal preference, but I don't think Capture the Flag is really meant for 4v4. Like, it's just not as fun, in my opinion. And, yeah. like, the, the – yeah. GTF is actually my least favorite. In yeah. That. It's just – so like they should give you the option to at least customize a playlist and uh speaking of customization like if you're loading into a match you can't customize your character like what is this 2015 like this is just like stupid but like there's yeah like all of my criticisms with this game is like interface shit that they have to fix like it's there's just some weird archaic interface stuff like you can't customize your character when you're loading into a match you can't customize your playlist the battle pass, like you have to do really specific p- challenges to to progress. It's like that. Like I don't understand the the, the decision making for some of this stuff. I don't know. I, I personally was extremely. This is like just a personal peeve of that annoyed that you can't just pick your own colors. You have to like go with these preset colors. It's all because I know why. It's all because everything's monetized right. now. But it's just like growing up with this stuff to like have them take things out just for the sake that they can sell them to you sucks. Like I understand it's a free to play game. Like I I get all of that. It's just like I can't not be annoyed by it because like I've been able to like put a disc in Halo Three and like make my character look how exactly I want them. Like after I put the, that's all I have to do. I don't have to like grind out a battle pass or like you know just this progression stuff. I don't know. It's just like I find that to be annoying. Yeah. It's like yeah. It's a P. It's not like a game breaking thing. It's just it's also a. It's a first-person game. Right? It's also Whatever. frustrating, too, because um, the game was advertised as having these amazing customization options. And then when you go into the game and realize you can't really experience any of that unless you buy the Battle Pass, it's, like, kind of a downer, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, though, I still love the game. I think, like, the gameplay itself is exactly what I wanted, and I just love everything about it. Um, with a couple of uh, nitpicks, but overall, it's what I wanted. It's just the, a lot of the battle pass shit is just not doing it for me. But we'll see. Hopefully, they rectify it. Yeah, I, I imagine they will. I, I will say this is probably my favorite favorite Halo multiplayer, and I had a lot of fun with with three. But I just like the way that it's rebalanced, and I really like playing it on a PC. And I really like, I just really like like the the flow of of combat is just they really they got it. They did a good job. Like I, I'm kind of surprised how good it is, and like it, you know, it's given me that uh, slow, slow Quake vibes that I've been looking for. Because <laughs> because I'm getting old, man. I I can't play Quake at that speed, <laughs> so I need something a little slower. 
Yes, Luke Blake is good. Also, that uh, pistol, really that, the, the pistol of Halo is so good. I love the new pistol. Yeah, it's like what's it called? The side yeah. arm. The I think it's called body. like the sidearm pistol yeah. or something. But it's my personal favorite weapon in the game. I think getting, yeah, getting, yeah, getting headshots with that thing feels so satisfying. Just it's awesome. I love yeah. it when you're fighting someone, you'll both assault rifle each other, then you'll both pull a pistol, and you have like a little like dr- this little like you know draw. You're just yeah. So you can yeah. You even fun. get an achievement for one v ones feel like duels. Like that says quick draw, which is oh cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. So Halo Infinite multiplayer is uh, I would say a rip roaring success. I I'm really enjoying enjoying it. Check it out. It's free. It's on uh, PC and Xbox. All right, what, what, what else we got, guys? Forza, you still playing it? No, because I'm playing Halo. I'm still playing. <laughs> really? I like it. I'm just I'm just too distracted by Halo. Mm. Uh, wh- one last thing on Halo. I got an, a Rampage a few days ago, uh, like a 20-kill streak. Just wanted those bragging rights before we moved on to Forza. Oh. I have been consistently doing good in Halo Infinite, so maybe that's why I'm enjoying it. Because I'm, I, I wonder if it's just the matchmaking is that I'm, I'm having a uh, input advantage, and that's why I'm doing well, and that's going to stop uh, happening. The hacks are out, and now all the oh, hacks God. are born in, and uh, the console people are saying, "Please let us turn off crossplay." <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Which they're going to do anyway, right? Wasn't that the plan? I don't know. Right? I don't know. But. Uh, <laughs> definitely annoying mm. um on forza though forza's been great i'm still playing that all the time i, I went over to my mom's house and let her drive around on my character and she had a lot of fun just exploring um it's fun for me because it's it can be it's kind of a good game that can be relaxing or intense if you want it to be like you can make it challenging and difficult or easy and it's I find that I'm often not in the headspace for competitive shooters for one reason or another. So this game has been a good game. Like Aaron and I have been playing it a lot recently. It's been a good game to play while we hang out and talk about other things, or we can focus on the race, or we can do both. It's kind of a good hangout game, really. You get the mm-hmm. posing friends, and they're finally trying to fix a lot of the bugs, the connection issues. They're getting, they're getting there. They're not quite. They've been far fewer. I, I don't think we had any connection issues. It just sometimes won't put us in the same place in the world. Yeah, but we were pretty successfully able to play together, and they even fixed that weird UI thing where the scoreboard would take up like a quarter of the screen mm. in that races. Like, I don't know what they were. I don't know how that made it through beta, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, like, th- thankfully that's fixed. But Forza is the shit, man. I'm having so much fun with this game. I I played it more than I played Halo Infinite, and I even since Infinite's been released. Uh, it's like a great game to just drive around at 2 a.m. in the morning and listen to a podcast if you're just, you know, cheating sleep or uh, hang out with your friends and play or, or get into some, like, serious racing. Like, I'm I'm really liking it. Yeah. My favorite part of that game is what you just said, Aaron. I just like to, uh, like, I've done this multiple times at this point where I just, like, find a car that I like to drive and just uh, drive, like, around Mexico for an hour. Like I th- some that's like the most fun I've had in that game. Um, I also really mm-hmm. love taking really fast cars and going to every single jump on the map, and then just like going 220 miles per hour off the ramp. Like that's so much fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it's like a racing game for people who don't necessarily like racing. Like it can be a racing game if you want, but you can also just kind of enjoy driving and having fun. Yeah. 
Actually, you yeah. know what my favorite thing to do in this game has become, Orin, is to go around and find speed traps and then beat your record. That's fun. <laughs> because oh, yeah. consistently, I would drive through a speed trap and it would be like, your speed, Orin's yeah. speed. Orin beat me by 20 miles. So I would, I'll spend 10 minutes making sure that I beat you almost every <laughs> single time. It's so funny. I don't even like uh, consciously do the speed traps. What will happen is I'll just like be driving at like 200 miles per hour around Mexico and I'll just happen to pass through a speed trap and, you know, get like a two or three or one star rating. Um, the only uh, um, mini game that I'm so bad at are the drift mini games where you have to drift through those yeah, like roads. I'm terrible at those too. I'm so fucking bad at those, but uh, it's, it's pretty fun. But like, that's what I like about that game. It doesn't really seem to punish you for anything like you can progress however you want like you won't get as much credits or like a three-star rating but if you want to be as just like not competitive at all you can totally play that game that way which i think is really cool yeah uh forza's real real good kevin yes forza is really fun i've been enjoying it a lot playing any any final thoughts Halo's um, better. I think we covered it a lot. Um, I, I mean, I think between the two, like Xbox has like killer apps, as you were saying earlier in the right, episode. Yeah, I feel like these are the two killer apps for Xbox. I mean, the last Forza was very similar and great, but I, I I can't like emphasize this enough. Like, I really think the world design of this game is much better than the last game. Like, they really and they, they even said this in, like in their pre-release material. Like, we really want to emphasize how varied the world is in this game and how much more it is than the last game and. You know, I know it seems like you just think, oh, that's just the open world part. But no, every race is in the world. So having the world be better makes the races better, too. Everything is just feels very well designed. Like they, they, they put a lot of time on the world. And it, it feels like it's the best Forza game I've played. Mm. So. Cool. All right. Uh, I've been replaying Dead Space. I am eight out of 12 chapters into it. So pretty getting close to the, wrapping it up. Playing it on, on my Series X. And uh, I got to say... That game, that game benefits greatly from auto HDR. It just makes the lighting pop that much more. Uh, but that cool. game just really holds up well. And it's weird because I like wrote down a list of like 15 things that I really didn't like about the game, but like none of them are souring my my appreciation or enjoyment of the game at all. Like there's there's a lot of little nitpicks to have, but like none of them really matter. Like Dead Space is killer. Uh, it's one of the greatest horror games of all time, in my opinion. Top top five for me. Sure. I agree with no, that. definitely. Yeah, I'd say Dead Dead Space Remake and Alien Isolation are probably my my top three. Yeah, but, um, that's a good list. Um, how have you done the tentacle part where the thing grabs you and it pulls you? With how you many like times two? does that happen? I think it might only be once. Then yeah, I did that. Um, it happens twice. There's like a. Do mini you know the story part. behind that? Is that they? It was very difficult to program. Apparently, it was so difficult to make that they almost ran out of budget and time mm. to do it. But they got to the point where they were like, I guess Glenn Schofield, who was the likely designer, was like, "We have to have this in the game. This is." Hmm. <laughs> and apparently, just like planning it out and then like programming it and doing the art design of it was all just so technically at that time tricky to do. It took them like more time than any other part of the game. But they managed to do it, and they said that they were very happy ultimately with how it how it came out. That part only lasts like thirty seconds, right? Yeah, but it's funny because you do it like it's it just feels like a set piece. I mean, like you don't overly think about it too much. Right. Like, it's right. Funny to see that that much effort was put into that part. 
But I don't yeah. even think it's the scariest part of the game. I think there's much more scary parts to that game. I think the game would have been fine without that, honestly. Like, I guess that's one of the few nitpicks I have, or not the few, like I said, there was many, but like, like this game is a little too, like, too much into its set pieces and scripted moments when I think that, like, it might have been even stronger in atmosphere and horror if it had been a little more systemic with the enemies. Like, you just, every time you walk around a corner, you hear you hear the stinger, and then all of a sudden dudes are popping out of the vents. Um, but at the same time, like, I think what makes it such a good, we'll say, action horror game is that it just feels so good to shoot those fucking arms and legs off, like, from beginning to end. It's so rewarding. And the sound design supports the the shooting so well. Like, it's it's such a... It's loud, dude. It's That's, like, the loudest game on my Xbox. I have to turn my volume down to, like, four when I'm playing that game so I don't scare the neighbors. But um, it's, like, they did such a good job of making it feel good to fuck up those xenomorphs, or is that what, what are they called? Endo. Oh gosh, I don't I remember what they're called. They're called. <laughs> Something, Something morphs, morphs. Yeah. necromorphs. Necromorphs, yes. But like, and the story is is like super cheesy, but also super awesome, and like Amazing. a total rip off of both like Alien and Aliens, but Event like Horizon. still great. And Event Horizon, yeah. Event like Horizon. I, I don't know. It's it's a fucking great game. It makes me think about like the remake, right? Like, how much are they going to change that? I, I've, from what I've seen, it doesn't look. It looks pretty true to form. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I I think I know where you're going though. You're thinking maybe they'll make it more of like a linear, traditional, like more linear and more set piece bit heavy now. Well, I don't know. Maybe I, I'm just wondering. Like, there's a few things they could change that might be for the better. Like, every time the necromorphs come after you, they pop out of a vent and there's a stinger. Like, maybe have have them be a little more dynamic. That be that could be interesting. Mm. They uh. Apparently, they're going to have Isaac be voiced in the first game. Okay, that's that's a big thumbs down. I don't. So, like that. Um, Isaac was voiced in Dead Space Two mm-hmm. and Dead Space Three, and in Dead Space Two, I had no issue with it. It felt like it worked fine. So they're yeah. going to have the the Isaac actor from those two games do the voice acting for this game. The Isaac actor from the original game was only the grunts and strain sounds, right? Mm. Pain sounds. Uh, he, I don't know if he was ever. He didn't. He was not the voice actor for two. But it's funny because I felt like the the strain sounds for the guy for two felt sounded like the same guy, but it wasn't mm-hmm. apparently. Hmm. But um, I think that that's a big change. Having him the main character be voiced is a is a large change. I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily bad. I, I we'll see how it is. You know. It's, yeah, we'll see how it is. It's that's. But that means that they are making substantive changes because this is a remake. This is not a remaster. And I mean the game. Yeah. still looks pretty great so it's not even like it needed a, a lot of treatment yeah. in that category but um hmm so yeah i don't know i wonder like the, i also it also makes me wonder knowing that this game was originally system shock 3 if they had kept the world a little more a little less linear i mean it, you do a lot of backtracking but if there had been a little more like hub area or something like that or it had been a little more like the spencer mansion like that would have been incredible like that could yeah, be a way to go cool. for for a game like like the Callisto project. The one thing I, I will say, I do think that uh, at least in terms of planning, the enemy if the enemies are completely dynamic, they're usually not that scary. If they're completely dynamic, because they just kind of randomly show up. I know that sounds mm-hmm. like it could be scary, but I think when you have a pre-planned encounter that's that's like a linear fight, like the enemy's always there, they can build up the tension of that fight more. Um, that's just kind of my opinion. But that's kind of what I found with the Resident Evil games. Like, if you think of System Shock 2, the enemies are kind of random in that game. 
and then they're they are scary and like the things they say are kind of are creepy but they, they don't really feel very scary in system shock 2 even though it is a horror game hmm. um so i don't know i guess my thought is i think uh having pre-planned encounters is better for horror I think a mix. I mean, if you look at Alien Isolation, that's got a dynamic enemy, and I think that works out tremendously well. And right. it makes it so you can replay the game and have very different experiences. But, like, I guess my complaint is that, like, it's not just that they're scripted, but that they do the same thing, like, every time they come. It's like, they're popping out the vents, they're popping out the vents. Uh, like, it, it's not, it stops being surprising a third of the way through the game, even though it's still fun. Like, like it's not a game that's scary in its combat for me it's combat is just like rewarding and feels really good but it's environment and it's storytelling are so rich that it's like a good pairing to the action what i was gonna say was i think it's better to have pre-planned enemies and then you have a dynamic enemy as well on top of that that's what i was gonna say like uh gotcha. i think of like the perfect would be resident evil 2 remake which was like yeah mr x and the zombies they're kind of zombies are there always but the mr x can kind of be anywhere to me yeah. that makes double tension different different elements of yeah, no, I like that. I, I uh, still love that twist cool. at the end with the uh, chapter titles. It's like one of my favorite video game twists ever, where it spells out what happened yeah. to the the girlfriend or whatever. Yeah. Or that yeah, was really cool. Yeah, Dead Space. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even I want, notice that. But Dead Space, I have to say, I think if I think of like enemy design from like an art direction, I still feel like those are like the grossest enemies I, I can think of in the game. They're just so disgusting. Yeah. They're just such right. like, the thing. nightmare. Yeah. Uh, like the thing kind of just nightmares. And uh, I know that they apparently studied card crash victims photos which for their art design, which That's is just disgusting. Wild. Damn. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. <laughs> but I mean, it does, they do feel like very grotesque enemies. I just, I just, I love this, like that whole, that style they went for that with that game. Um, even more gross than like Resident Evil foes. So I am curious to see how the remake will handle that and how Callisto will be as well because the art design on that looked similar. Hmm, yeah. I mean, yeah, my understanding was literally like uh, it's Jason Schofield is the person who was just Glenn like Schofield. given money, Glenn Schofield, money to yeah. uh, to make a, a new version of Dead Space. Uh, yeah. Do you think Dead Space Two is a is a is a superior game, or like do you think I like what, superior, I should play that next? Playing. Okay, I think it's still great. Yeah, uh, the first game I think is, I mean the first game has the Ishimura, which is like a, it's kind of right. like the Resident Evil Mansion. It's like a character in itself. The second game yeah. you kind of are in multiple locations. It kind of is more traditional, like you're going from place to place to place, and mm -hmm. it doesn't have quite that same. I don't know, I remember Oren, you mentioned this when you talked about Doom Eternal. Was that like you said? You felt like Doom Eternal didn't have a sense of place because you're always going from a new place to a new place. Whereas 2016, it's like you're always on the Mars, or you're mostly always in the Mars yeah. base. And that's kind of the same thing with this. Like two is kind of you're going from different areas with the first game of the Ishimura. I don't. Yeah. I like when games can build into their setting more than having to always show me something new and shiny. I don't. I don't mm -hmm. need to see new and shiny. I kind of like. No, I agree. Building into a place that I can know and love. Great setting. Yeah. Yeah. The Ishimura is amazing. Yeah. It, yeah, it's that's real good. Okay, cool. Uh, let's talk quickly, I guess, about Battlefield 2042, which has been the uh, the punching bag of the uh, the last few weeks, along with the, the GTA trilogy. But uh, Kevin and I played some Battlefield 2042. What do you think, Kevin? You know, I I uh, I have some some definite complaints with it, but I 
did really enjoy it. I, the first thing I played on it was Portal, mm-hmm. um, which was really fun. I played Bad Company 2. And what I thought was, well, even if the main game sucks, I can play Bad Company 2 now in a newer version. And people are playing it. <laughs> and uh, it plays very nicely. It runs very nicely. Looks uh, good. So that was yeah. exciting. I did play some 1942, and that was not quite quite as good i think that their their remake or re revisioned version of 1942 wasn't quite i guess what i had it didn't play like 1942 to be honest it just didn't whereas bc2 felt very perfect it was like a one-to-one and so it felt maybe it's not maybe if i had played that side to side but it felt right it felt right then, yeah uh battlefield 3 also was really fun to play i mean play just just hearing the like for the two things that i really like was like oh this is awesome was hearing the rush alarms from bc2 those those alarms from the when you plant the uh bomb on the, obje- on the objective that's this distinct alarm it plays in, in uh, bad company 2 and if you played it you probably know what i'm talking about and then uh playing on no share canals in the box map we i talked about this before as my favorite map in shooting versus shooters and i think it probably still is no share canals is just incredible it was so i mean it was so fun playing it again i'm mm-hmm. kind of sad that i returned the game i had yeah. a, i returned it because aaron returned it and we didn't want to play it with it anymore but I will uh, definitely play I'll get it, it again. when it's on sale or comes to Game Pass. Like, I I had a good time playing it, mostly in in the uh, the portal mode, which kind of like begs the question: like, what is their plan with that? Why did they even include this in this game if it's kind of a? I guess it was their attempt at at like a half-assed attempt at doing mod tools. Like, it's like, hey, you can't have mod tools, but you can have this, and this is kind of like mod tools. It's Apparently. Like a mix. It's, yeah, it's kind of like a mix of mod tools and also like the greatest battlefield hits. It's like what? Right, <laughs> right. But God, there's like some stuff missing. Like, but it, it it's pretty. Like, I really liked playing No Shirt Canals, and apparently there is t- the TDM maps are included, so it's oh. quite possible that there is a twenty four seven No Shirt Canals TDM. Like that alone is actually. Worth I should just rebuy it for me. Why the fuck did I? Yeah, it? it's that's a real that's a real <laughs> thing. Uh, like I'm gonna go the game is not that broken, like relative to what I've heard, it has one of the lowest. Let's look at what Steam rating. Maybe it's changed, but like, its Steam rating was was shockingly low. It was at like ten percent the week it was released, which I don't think I've ever. Yeah. Okay. So, so this game is really thirty-four percent. I wanted to talk about the uh, the negative hype because I really feel like this game, much more than GTA or Cyberpunk, is like it's just like what's going on here because this game isn't that broken. It's got some problems. But it's mm-hmm. not like like it's not like PS4 Cyberpunk on launch day or or GTA with its all sorts of silly problems. It's not nearly that bad. Like I still had a lot of fun with it. Like if I hadn't heard so much stuff on the internet, I wouldn't have even thought anything about. It. Like I was like, man, they need to fix some of these some of these uh, bugs with the. I remember we were playing that one map. There was like these hovercrafts driving all over the place, like complete madmen. And it was like, what mm. the hell is these hovercrafts? That was like that was like one of the only few thoughts I had. Like, and some of the weird like small bugs, but it didn't feel like a broken game. People keep no. saying, "Fix your game, dice. Fix your game." That feels like hyperbole to me. It didn't feel like a thirty-four out of a hundred, which is what it's currently sitting at on a uh, Steam's yeah. review, with with like fifty thousand reviews, which is crazy. I, yeah, it's strange. Um, I it's don't just, understand what people are so pissed pile. about. They like yeah. Pile. It's this negative hype. I need a punching bag. It's weird to me. I don't I, I don't think it's useful at all to, to, to do that. No, it's not useful. But like, I, it's it, it's it's also not proportional, I think, in this case. The game definitely has some serious problems. Um, it, like, I don't like the operators at all. 
and there's been yeah. there was a lot of bugs and we had trouble getting into certain modes and apparently performance was really bad until like like they patched it a few times by the time we had played it we missed some of the initial patches that like the game was running very very poorly mm. but like the portal mode is so good playing those bc2 maps again is the shit but uh, but is that enough no is that enough no though is that enough for like a game well, there's a whole game with 128 player maps that are bigger and crazier than anything that I've seen in a mm. Battlefield game yet. So like it just I, it felt like know. there's a lot of features here that are like I guess like my thought is like it's not perfect, but like it doesn't deserve this just ridiculous <clears throat> negativity that it's getting. It's it's kind of like what's going on? I kind of And it feels like yeah. it's like, like do do, do yeah. you guys think that there will ever be a point like cuz you know the internet is such a new thing for us like do you think we'll ever reach a point where we're not being hyperbolic on the internet like no it's just never going to happen maybe not in our lifetime i don't it's know like it's yeah. like if a game doesn't quite meet expectations in some way it's going to get dogpiled on you know like it seems like it's really like a dogpile like it's like oh this people said this isn't good so i hate this too and then right. it's like every it's like this connected this effect everyone does that and i'm like wh why why do we do this because it's emotionally rewarding for the people participating but it, it's also like it's emotionally emotionally rewarding i agree with you but i think the wildest one in recent memory was um the last of us part two like a lot of people were so outraged yeah yeah that abby w right still right. are to be to be fair, still, still are like you still can't mention the Last of Us Part Two in certain circles without saying, for those of you who like the game or understand why people right, don't like right, right. But like I mean, like f there are people who are still outraged at the fact that Abby is trans, which is actually not a fact. There's another transgender yeah. character in the game. Abby is not a transgender. Yeah, Abby is not a transgender character. But there are people who still are outraged about that. It's totally made up. It's like. <laughs> And that Joel isn't the main character. I would say that is the biggest dog pile. You're, you're right. That is the biggest outrage. Hyper, hyperbolic. And it's not that even real. Wants, it's not even like it, real it, outrage. <laughs> it's all made up. <laughs> did it? Did it like get a billion negative reviews all over the place? Because of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. It got. So it got. Yeah. It that got a big felt hit. like it was because of like perceived political reasons, right? Like people were like, "Oh, this is a game that's political," right? It's like they're getting offended by what they perceive as something selling them yep. or something. I, I don't know, but and and I do think though, like I said this before, I that game to me felt like it was transgressive to the first game, and that they were like they were like breaking all their expectations for what you thought this game would be, which it wasn't that, right? Which I that, that was what I liked right. about it, but like I, I guess I could see why that would have. Well, like people. like the reasonable person would who didn't like The Last of Us Part Two will say things like, "It was too long. I didn't like the direction they took Ellie. I didn't like uh, how uh, m miserable it was. Whatever." That's like those are the reasonable people. I'm talking about the people who are literally um, making claims like Abby is a transgender character, and I am. Uh, I hate. Um, I hate transgender people. But like it's literally like you you you've just made that up because Abby is not a transgender character. It's like there's a second there's another character in the game who is transgender, and there is legitimate criticism mm -hmm. about the fact that the character is dead named in the game. But um, but like being mm -hmm. outraged for something that like you heard from somewhere anecdotally and then making a claim against the game, it just seems like the culture now, right? It's like it's like it's like what you were saying, Kevin. It's like. You don't even play the game anymore. You just dogpile on it because you heard 
that it was glitchy or you saw a YouTube video of the like the greatest hits of all of the glitches, now I'm going to dogpile on it, you know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, you're right. There's a zillion ones on here. I mean, it's it's a weird thing. Like, if we could put put it this in a nutshell, it's like the internet does not encourage good faith investigations of of things and products and works of art. It it encourages bad faith dogpiling and like, you know, people taking people's word for it. Yeah. It's just stupid. It's stupid. But uh, back to Battlefield. I don't know. I did return it because mostly just because I have so much on my plate with Halo and Forza. and, and, And if I have to choose between playing a multiplayer shooter right now Halo's more likely to be the one but I did I did think that Battlefield was reasonably fun like I, I I didn't hate it and if I didn't know that there was all this drama about it I wouldn't I would have been surprised to find out you know yeah that's how I felt based off, based I was, off I what I experienced I wouldn't have even known that there the was drama because it, it didn't like where's GTA 3 I was like oh this is like I, I was playable but like this no, is that was immediately you, right yeah. but uh, this game didn't feel like it was that bad and I was kind of just I still don't know what everyone's mad about. Just they don't like the yeah. It can't just be that. I mean, let's see. Let's see what the Steam reviews say. How long until these companies will be held accountable for selling unfinished products? It's the top one. No single player mode. That's really weird that people are like. There's no server browser. That's a legitimate complaint. Okay, that's uh, true. No TDM or free for all. That that, that big sucks. list where they just say no, 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 no. Yeah, no ammo pickups off dead enemies, no levolution beyond tornado. I don't know. Yeah, there's a big so list. Th- of stuff. There's this big list that was on Reddit that had like 42,000 uploads. It was this list of just no this, no this, no this. And a lot of that stuff, I was like, I don't want this, or I don't think that this this no, this this feature that was removed was taken out of context. That's how I felt. I was like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't want site zeroing, I guess. In Battlefield, like, do I? I don't know. Site do I zeroing? That? I don't yeah, know what that's that like is. One of the things I remember seeing that. I don't want a single player battlefield. I'll tell you that those have been consistently. Bad. It's been bad. Shit. I know. Like, why? Why waste the effort on that when you can just make a better multiplayer game? I don't know. Whatever. Fucking battlefield. Uh, oh, I liked playing. I will say this. I liked playing battlefield more than Halo. I thought the. I enjoy the gameplay first for multiplayer shooter more. That's more my speed. Um, but Halo is a great still. Um, but I I liked battlefield more. More. Oh, I I got I I do have one thing to say actually about Halo Infinite that I put on these show notes that you had asked me about earlier where I wrote in Halo a bot is a death sentence, which is true because if one person leaves your match and you get a bot and you know it's a bot because it's got three four three in the tag, you're fucked. Mm. That bot will get one kill, no matter what. They'll always get one kill, but only one kill, and then they will die over and over and over. They will fail to defend you if you have the skull and oddball or capture the flag, or return the flag. It is basically, you'd be better off with no no bot. And if it's TDM, they'll just feed the enemy, right, for kills? They will so. just feed the yeah. enemy kills, yeah. Which, which so is, I don't know what's up with those bots. They need to fucking... That's like unlike Gears, and Gears, the bots can be fucking OP. I know. <laughs> Dude, the bots are lethal in Gears. Yeah. They are good backfill. Yeah, they should. 343 <laughs> should take note. Though I, I feel like it might be harder to program mm-hmm. for a game like that. I don't know. Um one other thing I wanted to bring up um, with Gears and Forza, I noticed a lot of crossover in the accessibility options. Like, um, for example, you can have prosthetic arms. 
you can have in both games you can have prosthetic arms i also believe you can have a male body but like a female voice and vice versa um so i thought that i think that's kind of neat i've heard that there was some controversy with it but it it seems kind of cool that microsoft across all of its major titles is trying to be more inclusive um which i thought was kind of cool but it was funny seeing like very similar customizable options in Forza and in Halo. So it makes me wonder if Microsoft is enforcing a certain quota um, in a good way mm. between those two games. Um, I'm really, I think it's really cool. I heard that you can play Gears 5 uh, without sight. You can be blind and you can play it with just the sound design. Yeah. The whole game. Hmm. So I, I think that kind of stuff is really cool. I really endorse that kind of stuff. I think that's like allow. People who've never been able to play these kind of games, like the action games before, will play them is really awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm totally behind that. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, going back, uh, gosh, I don't know. I, I just I guess I want to close this whole Xbox conversation. Like, my brother just got a Series S. I have a Series S. Uh, Kevin, you have a Series S, and uh, Aaron, you have a Series mm-hmm. X. Just like. Having an Xbox and having those big four downloaded, Forza, Gears, Halo, and Sea of Thieves, like, that's it. Like, that's <laughs> just, like, the way to go these days, man. So much fun. Mm. I also wanted just to mention just the, the variance. We've talked about this before. The variance of, of titles. There's all these games are different genres. You know, we get sandbox, pirate game, and driving game, racing game, shooter game. It's pretty cool to have this kind of variance of good first-party games. They did mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. The long game yeah. paid off, as yeah. Aaron said earlier this year. Yeah. Totally no, agree. It's, uh, it's weird. I was looking at PS Now, which is PlayStation's comparable streaming service, and they have some decent stuff on there. But it, yeah. it's much more geared to streaming for whatever reason, which I I don't know why they think that's a good idea. Because um, they bought OnLive, and they want to use that technology. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But, but it's like, so the interesting thing is like, you, you get a lot of the Sony first party games, although you don't get all of them and you don't get day one launches, but on PS now, but I was just like, man, I don't fucking care about most of these games. Whereas I, you know, I like the gears. I like the halo, but I would never have thought of myself as like a halo, uh, gears or, or just Microsoft first party games fan, but I guess I am. So I don't know. Force is the shit. That's what I'll say. Forza rocks. Halo infinite multiplayer is really good guys. We got to wrap this up. Uh, did you uh you got any recommendations this week? Well, I'll just reiterate what I said. Um, get a Series S. They're available. Um, perfect bat black. I actually bought one for my sister for a wedding. Um, get it. The perfect uh, gaming present this year is a Series S with Game Pass, and then just download those big four games: Halo, Gears, Forza, Sea of Thieves. Like like that is the way to go this holiday season, in my opinion. Kev, Aaron, you you go first. Okay. Actually, my uh, uh, personal my, re- my my personal rec was so good that you guys don't even need personal recs. That's how good my personal rec was. Oh, get out of here! Get out of here! Uh, okay, so here, here's a recommendation. Uh, I I've I'm into mechanical keyboards. I'm into custom mechanical mechanical keyboards that are customizable, and uh, the, the way that these things tend to sell is in group buys, where you basically buy it in advance and then it ships a few weeks or a few months later. The KBD67 Lite, which you can find linked in the show notes, is a particularly great 
mechanical keyboard. It's a 65% form factor, so that means it's got arrow keys and page up and page down, but it's still sleek and small if you want that sort of thing. Um, it has an incredible sound. It's got a hot swap switches, so you can put whatever kind of switch you want in there. And, um, and it looks really sexy with a bunch of color options. It's just a really good option. It's only 99 bucks, which is really affordable for given how these things set, uh, tend to go. You do have to construct it yourself, which is uh, tricky, but like it's the shit. You, if you get one of these, you'll be super happy. So KBD 67 Lite. Kevin, my man. Um, I will recommend um, X-Files season two. I just finished the first season of the X-Files, which was great. And now I moved on to season two. And uh, have you, Oren, have you watched the X Files? Uh, I have in bits and pieces, but uh, I've uh, never committed to the whole show. I heard it's basically like, okay, isn't it like talk- network TV Twin Peaks kind of, basically? No, not really. It's mm, not really. By that's, Twin that's... Peaks, but it's, it is kind of its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I would say Twin Peaks is unquestionably an influence. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just was going to ask because uh, basically whenever I talk to people about X-Files, they always talk about the um, the Monster of the Week episodes. Mm-hmm. And I like the Monster of the Week episodes a lot, but I, I, my interest has always been the mythology episodes, the the, the, the overarching story. Basically, if, just, if you haven't seen this show, the show, the, the basic premise is that there's these serialized episodes that kind of follow across seasons, this, 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 this singular story. And then there's filler, not filler episodes, but episodes that are self-contained, like a traditional TV show where you have the, you have the beginning and then it ends, and that's the end of that story. Um, and those are the Monster of the Week episodes versus the mythology, which is the serialized. Um, I, everyone always talks about the mythology episodes kind of being not what they like, not what they watch the show for. They always like the Monster of the Week, and I'm always kind of like, why is that? Like I like I like them both for one thing, but I actually like the mythology a lot, and that's kind of like my main driving factor to watching the show is like there's all these mysteries they set up for you in the first season that I, I wanted to know the answers for. So I was going to ask you, Aaron, but since you haven't seen much, maybe Aaron, why don't you tell me what you think about this question? I, I think there's two camps. There's definitely a strong contingent of people who are more about the mythology. Uh, I think they both have their virtues. I, I really, you know, you could do a, a, a watch list if someone wanted to be lean about it and kind of skew one way or the other, but I do think you'd be missing out. Um, I do recommend using a watch list, though, because there's some stinkers that you might just want to skip right past. But That's what I've been doing, yeah. I, you know, like... like I, you can't, I can't really pick one or the other because you think of like some of those classic ones like Ice, Tombs, Tombs. like what the fuck would the X-Files Squeeze. be without episodes like that? Yeah. Uh, sure. Like, and at the same time, you know, the, uh, the mythology is great, but it does have some peaks and valleys in quality, let's say. <laughs> it, it doesn't, doesn't always, it's not so, consistent. <laughs> I wonder if it's just like when people who haven't seen the show in a long time, they think back on like the later seasons, they think about how bad the mythology gets from what I understand. And that's why they think it sucks because they're like, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, but there's so many good Monster of the Week episodes I can think of, but the mythology just gets so bad in the end. Or, it it I don't is know. that, I think. People feel like I just it wonder if pay off like the way the they first want season to. mythology episodes and now the second season have been so good. Like they're, they're, they're great. Yeah. So... I, I think know. I just always the, thought it was weird that everyone hates on those so much. This is all the people I've talked to you about, like everyone. I yeah. Know. No, I think a lot of people like the mythology. I, I, it, again, there's camps, so I think you're just running into this the monster of the week people. I, but I, I guess, love the monster of the week episodes. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I love them too. They're amazing. For me, it's probably about like a, I like maybe roughly the same, but mm-hmm. I just always thought it was weird that people I talked to always disdain the mythology so much, which I was just I don't know. Hmm. Come that guard, I guess. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, the only reason I could really think is that they felt it didn't conclude to their liking. Um, yeah. 
or didn't live which up to the expectations that it started with, which which is, is somewhat fair. I think it concludes all right. I don't know. I think it's it's a compelling watch if you just did a mythology watch. Like I think that would be a fairly tidy story. It it, it, it ends a little roughly, but like very few of these serialized stories that have huge mysteries do. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. That, I think. And I want to chime in really quickly. Um, yeah, like kind of because we're talking about the X Files. Uh, kind of like how Northern Exposure has a connection with The Sopranos because uh, David Chase worked on both of those shows. And like he'll like uh, there's like kind of like influences, like philosophical influences from Northern Exposure on The Sopranos. Uh, The X-Files, Vince Hmm. Gilligan was like a huge writer on that show. So he a lot of people who were in Breaking Bad had like guest episodes on The X-Files. So it's it's kind of like a a weird connection between two shows that you wouldn't think would be connected. Um, But um, Hmm. I I don't know. But going, going back to the mythology episodes, I think like my theory is, is that a lot of people who are casual TV watchers, I, I think sometimes people are more geared towards self-contained episodes, kind of like the Twilight Zone. Even like The Sopranos has a lot of self-contained episodes. Like it's like, uh, like sometimes people just want to watch a show and not have to like follow it for multiple seasons. So that would be my theory yeah, as to why um, there's a, a preference for that. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, I really like both formats. I actually enjoy them both. I don't like. In terms of just the format, I don't have a preference really for one or the other. And even really in the mm. show, I don't know if I have a preference. But uh, I just really like. Ser- I just also really happen to enjoy the serialized element of X Files. Really, what I want to say. <laughs> it, it's so strong in those first like three seasons. Like all yeah. of the seasons that they shoot in Vancouver, which I believe is the first three seasons, have this like dark, oppressive feeling to them. No doubt, as just because they were being shot in Vancouver, where there's very little sunlight, and like, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's such thick atmosphere and it just like bleeds into those uh mythology episodes so well yeah it gives it a big boost <laughs> mm-hmm. a big <laughs> it's great yeah uh, no check out the x-files that shit's great what are you watching it on um so it's funny i i i was looking i don't actually subscribe to any tv um streaming services so i just bought the season on youtube it was like ten dollars per season on so. youtube <laughs> yeah you can Weird. buy a show oh. on YouTube or Google Play. It's the same service. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I've been watching them there. Um, been been quite enjoyable. I so I've been skipping some of the Monster of the Week episodes that I didn't enjoy because you know as we know they can be very good hit or miss. Um, but uh, my girlfriend's been watching all the all of them because I've already seen the first and second and third and fourth and fifth seasons. I'm just rewatching mm. it right now. I don't want to mm-hmm. rewatch some of the Monster of the Weeks because I don't like those ones as much. But I, of course I watched Ice and Squeeze because. And those are incredible. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, I'm on YouTube. <laughs> check out. Uh, I think it's also on Hulu. I want to say, like, if yeah. you have Hulu, it's uh, one can watch it there. But yeah, the X Files is like essential TV. Um, I, I'm now in season six of The Sopranos, and I got to say, uh, very good show. Season five wavers a little, like. Uh, it's like the first season where there feels like there's like false moments in that show, which is kind of a bummer. But otherwise, Sopranos of the shit. Uh, all right, we got to get out of here. Kevin's got to go to a party. I got to go see Dune. I'm finally going to see Dune. I still hadn't hadn't seen it. I kept meaning to see it, and didn't. And then they took it off HBO Max. Oh my god, what the fuck was that about? It's a bummer. It's a bummer. But it's in the theater. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, that's it's gonna be the first movie I've seen in the theater since 2020, early 2020. So that'll be exciting. Madden, we love you. Thank you as always, Madden for president, and uh, we'll be back in two weeks with probably some Halo impressions, right? Yeah, let's go. Right. Later, dudes.